Welcome to the Where Money Meets Soul podcast. I'm Jennifer Griffith. And I'm Natasha Gaines. As two busy women juggling high profile jobs, family, friends, bills, and everything else life throws our way, we know what it's like to feel stressed out and overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And from personal experience, we also know what it's like to pull ourselves out of that place by using the right skills and tools to get our lives into alignment. Absolutely, we're here to share those same tools with you so that you can also turn your desires into reality. If you're interested in learning more about money and abundance, how to create a better work-life balance, and how to pursue your passions without sacrificing your dreams, then we invite you to join us each week to gain powerful tools to help you succeed in business and life. When money meets soul, magic will happen. After more than 15 years in the financial industry, working in Paris, London, and New York City, Maida Pak left Investment Bank and Wall Street to become an international life coach and a career coach, focusing on helping executives finding more zen, right up our alley, fulfillment (laughs) and purpose in their daily lives and their careers. Maida is currently a coach and a certified hypnosis practitioner based in the fabulous city of New York City. She specializes in life and career coaching, and she uses multiple modalities, including hypnosis, in her practice. And today we have the pleasure of having her join us to talk about how to heal our relationship with money. Welcome, Welcome. Maida. How are you? (laughs) Well, thank you. And thank you both for having me on your podcast. I'm a big fan and I'm a big fan of everything that has to do with money when it's aligned with the soul and what's aligned with the genuine self. Awesome. Um, well, we like to hear that. That's yeah, yeah, hear, perfect. Right? We love the conversation <laughs> of money. Before we get into all of the juicy stuff, Maida, because it sounds like you've had a very busy career. Um, can you just tell us how you got to this point in your life, specifically from being in the financial world, working in big metropolitan cities, and then how did you get here? Um, do we have a lot of time? I will, <laughs> I will take a short guess. Uh, but more seriously, um, I started in the financial industry more or less by accident. I went into the usual Ivy Canada, Ivy League schools. That was the path that was more or less obvious for me. And when you get out of these places, what do you do? You go, you become a lawyer, you, be, you go into finance, yeah. or you become a marketer, right? It's, it's kind of um, very cookie cutter. And after 16 years where I was, I was quite blessed. I worked in Paris where I, um, I'm originally from and my husband as well. Then both of us, we found jobs in London. We again worked in finance and then in New York. Um, came a time where I became more and more antsy, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was really earning good money. I was very well known in the marketplace. Um, I used to do to work with Hong Kong, with Asia, with a lot of sexy places. I also <laughs> used to, <laughs> it's nice, um, but I used to wake up at four in the morning every morning to do my job and to finish at 9 p.m. when Hong Kong was starting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's very numbing. It's called being a workaholic as well. Right. It's not healthy. Um, but I was fine with it because I didn't, at that time, I was living into what else can I do? And really, truly for me, there was nothing else I could do. After 15 years, what do you do? Yeah. Um, 
we're, we all create these kind of soft limitations where we go into, and I certainly did, into I've built 15 years of reputation behind me. What am I going to do to start at zero? I'm scared. Yeah. And then yeah. you continue. And then guess what? Life happens. Um, so life happened uh, with advanced cancer for me, uh, a lymphoma, wow. which didn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's annoying. I have all, all of these years to take care of. I, I'm not going to let it stop me. So I continued working against the advice of my doctor. And that's, you know, like, yeah, you know, it's good to stop. But now for me, it was fine. And a year later, at some point, um, really, truly a cry from the soul. Um, it's very difficult to explain. But at some point, I stopped. And something inside of me said, the second one will be by far less pleasant than this mm-hmm. than the first one. Um, so not the first one was particularly pleasant, but it went fine. I mean, I, I managed. I was still working my, my usual hours. I'm getting chemo and coming home. Um, <laughs> that, that's that's the numbing part, right? Yeah. Uh, and then from there, um, I started thinking, what can I do? And the only thing that I could do at that point was that I really needed to detach from what I call the game. Because the more you try to detach from the game, the more the game has its own ways to bring you back. And it's mm-hmm. it's usually money, right? They, yeah. oh, yeah. You, you, will, right? you will be promoted, we'll give you all of this. And you know what? There is one thing um, that is when you start selling out your soul, and at that point, it felt that way for me. I'm like, nah, that doesn't work anymore. So time for me uh, to leave. And I was, I was really very privileged and very lucky to be able to be given the time to figure out what I wanted. And it came very quickly because within two months, um, I, I had a, a health coach for a long time that is my mentor as well. And she talked about joining a, um, a nutrition school. And from there, I was hypnosis. And from there was career coaching. And all of a sudden, within less than a year, I became a life and career coach. Um, and that was five years ago. Okay. And today, that's what I am. Yeah. As well. And I work with, with people, people like you who are, um, I'm not going to say stuck in the corporate world because I don't, I don't think we get stuck anywhere, really. We, we get stuck mentally into places. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe that uh, our mission is not necessarily to, to be on the outside and to go and save the planet. There are people who are very good at that. Our mission here on Earth or our life purpose is first to heal ourselves. And this healing can happen in all sorts of places, including in the corporate place. Mm-hmm or at home. And sometimes for a lot of people as well, their mission happens in the workplace where they are yeah. here maybe to, to lead with compassion, maybe to, yeah. to help other people, maybe to help the corporate world and you know what we call the matrix mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. a better place for everybody because we're, we're still here on earth. We still need to earn money and we, we still need to have jobs yeah. <laughs> unless yeah. really you know, full abundance happens, but for the moment, we're still on in the lower grades mm-hmm. of the higher consciousness. Yeah. Let's, let's go that way. 
Do yeah. you mind if we go back for a minute? Because I, I want to talk about, you know, without getting too personal about your cancer diagnosis, yeah. because leading up to that point, I can only imagine that you had numerous yellow flags before you got to the ultimate red flag. Right. Mm-hmm. And it sounds oh, yeah. like I, I think if I'm hearing because you did work through your cancer treatment, which is a remarkable, but I wonder if now looking back, you almost think it's a little bizarre that you did that. Can you imagine doing that now? So what I don't imagine doing is ignoring the flags. Yeah. yeah. Because there were so many. Yeah. It, I needed really the lot. It's not even the last one. I passed out on the street because I couldn't breathe anymore. Oh, and even that, um, I went to a doctor and they said, oh, you have asthma. And I was like, oh, okay, that's it. I'm done. And it's only with the insistence of my husband I'm, and my my coach, my uh, my health coach. And she said to me, I know you, I know you, you don't have cancer. It's something else that I accepted to go through that. As to working the hours, I'm going to tell you, it, it actually, if I were to do it again, I think I would. You would. Um, because um, all of a sudden, cancer was, was an annoyance, but it also was a big teacher for me. Because for the first time in a long time, I used to be more like this when I was much younger. Um, but for the first time in my life, I was guided. I wasn't in a rush to do anything. I was, I was literally extremely aligned. I was living in the present moment. Um, there was the day before um, going to the chemo, um, I would have all sorts of rituals. The morning of, uh, my husband would come with me, we would watch TV and we would watch Peanuts, you know, Snoopy, because I'm yeah. a <laughs> and, then, and then we would go together to the chemo. And there was a whole ritual that was developed that I think that if at that point I stopped working, I would be more into the freaking out what's mm-hmm. going to happen and yeah. less into the trust that I don't think I'm going to die. At that point, I knew that it wasn't my moment yet. Um, but I knew that it was a crucial moment for me to pause for a second and say, is that really the life, the crazy life that mm. I want for myself? Am I really here on earth to numb myself, to go into this kind of uh, addiction, to just be busy? Mm-hmm. What, am I, what am I doing with myself right now? At, at what point... Do I pause for a second and observe that there are all these synchronicities that are happening around me that I am blissfully choosing to ignore, Mm -hmm. but they are Mm -hmm. all there. Oh yeah. And they just, they just, they're like, Hey, I'm here. And I'm like, no, I'm not interested. I have, uh, I have a transaction. (laughs) Yeah. So I think I can guess the answer to this, but how's your soul feeling now? There are days where my soul is like, really, seriously, you, you go back into freaking out what's going to happen, what's happening there. But mostly, um, I am more, more integrated. Oh, God, it's not perfect, right? I'm mm-hmm. still alive. So then <laughs> so right. so we're all still a work in human. progress. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but mostly, I, I have developed this sort of inner knowing that I know that when I am not aligned, this is a buzzword, but it's a good buzzword. 
when I'm not aligned with something, it feels mm-hmm. iffy. I mm-hmm. pause and I think, what is happening there? And sometimes it's just self-inflicted. Sometimes it's a resistance. I'm like, I don't want to feel like doing that. Yeah. But sometimes the resistance is good. And it's telling me there is something that is not for you here. And I mm-hmm. pause and I listen, which is much more than I did for 15 years in my life. It's That's progress mm-hmm. for me and for my soul, obviously. So she's very happy. Yeah, good, <laughs> good. good. <laughs> happy to hear that. Now, you said something earlier that stuck out to me. Oftentimes when people feel either stuck or kind of um, whether it's mentally, physically, however they're feeling, it can be maybe because you feel like they're selling out their soul. So how do we get to a point where we are in full alignment with our purpose? And then how does that affect money? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, Feeling uh, the alignment is not static. It's something that we navigate throughout the day, throughout the moment. I think personally that I feel that I'm selling my soul when there is something deeply iffy in my body. And I feel it around my gut and around mm-hmm. the, the solar plexus. This is where I have as if something was punching me over there. Mm-hmm. This is my signal that I'm not, I'm doing something that is not within integrity. So to your question, how can we feel in alignment with our souls? I think we all have this inner knowing and our body is our best messenger. There's no special formula to say if you have a tingling in, in the in this in your first toes and it means this or that. You all have <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it really would be. Your left toe there is are, twitching. Are, that means <laughs> exactly. There are there are we there are universal type of um, forms of our soul communicating with us, but we the our soul has a very individual imprint, right? That's why also. We all come here with different faces, different colors, different shapes, different genders. Mm-hmm. Uh, our soul is highly individualized and the way it communicates to us is also very individualized. But for me, a shortcut is literally the body. Mm. Um, but to be in the body, we need to pause for a second. We, we almost need to go back to this childlike state when I don't like broccoli. But not because I, I, you know, I'm, I'm having a tantrum, but because literally broccoli, and it's it's a true story, tr- literally <laughs> broccoli irks me, and it irks me because it doesn't feel it doesn't feel good for me. So right. I don't I don't eat broccoli. Mm-hmm. And the same thing when you are at at the job, when you feel that you are not making any progress, when you feel you are bored, when you feel that this boredom is actually spilling all over the rest of your life, right? Because we can feel bored, but we can finance our passions with the money that we're getting from the the job. That can work too. But when you feel like the wholeness um, is not met with some form of satisfaction or content, Mm -hmm. it's a good time to pause and say, what do I want my life to be? How do I want to feel actually? So some people like to feel achieved and that is a very, the, the workplace is a very good place for them because yeah. they, they, they get into this position where they mentor, they guide other people and they're, they're in the 
energy of self-expression because that's what the soul wants. It's one self-expression. Mm-hmm. But when you feel that you're you're getting small, when you feel you have all of these, um, I'm going to call that unhealthy emotions, but mostly triggers when everything is getting on your nerves, when yeah. you know you go into rage mm-hmm. or into anger or resentment or depression, this is a good time as well to say, mm, there yeah. is something that is not sitting well. Right, for sure. As, if it starts bleeding yeah. out in your, your every area of your life, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Your yeah. your energy is one, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whether you're at the office or your soul or your energy, whether you're at the office, in the swimming pool or at the gym or at home, you're the same person. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the feeling is the same when it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I noticed like for myself, one of the things for me is I, I notice I start getting short with my friends and family members for no reason whatsoever. And then if I realize I'm doing that, I'm like, oh yeah, that's because, you know, <laughs> has nothing to do with our conversation, has nothing to do with them. It's all about me. And it's, I'm bringing that in for my work or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, but yeah. And I'm sure we all yeah. have different things that we do like that. Oh, yeah. I have an yeah. eye twitch certain times of the year, <laughs> guaranteed my eye is gonna be twitching. <laughs> For two months, you know, every year it just happens. So it's something for all of us, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or I'll but, find I get um really unmotivated for other things, right? Even even the things that are my passion projects, I'll just be like, oh, I just because yeah. uh, yeah. you know? you're depleted. Yeah, your oh, energy yeah. is just dust. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's only so much you can give after a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially for women. So uh, just just a bit of an aparte here. Um, we, we live in a world where, and it's not, it has nothing to do with patriarchy or whatever. It's, it's just the world in which we live. But we live in a world that, that is very much geared towards uh, masculine energy. The workplace mm-hmm. is a nine to five, is highly structured. Yeah. Um, it's highly disciplined. We all need that, right? We mm-hmm. all have a feminine and masculine inside of us and we all need a structure. But when we are in the corporate world, we are required to have a sustained level of energy all the time. Right. Female energy does not work like this. Female energy is cyclical, whichever age you are, even as a girl, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's, it gets much more difficult as well. For women, I find sometimes to re-energize ourselves when we are in a deep state of depletion. For men, it's different. For men, they tend to bottle up the energy and they have all of these heart issues and what have you uh, and women get emotional yeah. so it's it, and then then the depletion is on the outside <laughs> we do what yeah. we can we cope the way we can we, do. we all get told that we're menopausal or something so, <laughs> yeah, that, that, or hysterical yeah. Yeah. right yeah the yeah, worst hysteria. question anyone could ever ask is are you on your period oh my I'm god like, no you know, worst question you can ever ask. So if there's any men listening right now or women, please never ask a colleague, a significant other, are you a on partner. Your period or are you PMSing? Yeah, please do not. But Maida, let's, let's go back a second because if somebody, if one of our listeners is at a point where they have the eye twitch, they are short with their friends, they have all of the signs that this is unhealthy for you. Why, what do you think their beliefs are from a money standpoint that are keeping them in that place? Because I think we can all agree that our money beliefs are deep rooted. They come from our childhood and our history, 
but what kind of beliefs are keeping them stuck, you know, yeah. quote unquote? Yes. So the, the general belief is lack, mm. yeah. <laughs> right? We all see life as a pie. So whatever another person gets, I'm not getting and what have you. So that's number one. The other things, um, and this was more a, a personal, um, how can I say that, a personal observation, is that I, I realized that for most of us, um, there is one out of one out of five um, projections that we give to money. And we we're probably have a combination of all of them mm -hmm. to a certain extent, but we, we project into money some sort of hope or some sort of identity that actually is not true. And these five that I personally have identified are safety. And I can explain one by one after that, but safety, freedom, status, power, or self-worth. And then you can add love if you want to, but love is a bit of everything as well. And I realized just looking at my personal life and my personal mindset around money, um, that I come from an immigrant family. So my, my family is originally from Syria and uh, I was born in France. They went back to Syria, they're Lebanese. They went back to Syria and from Syria, they had to go back to France for a lot of reasons. Um, leaving everything behind, basically. And um, so I was conditioned by this idea that if you don't have money, you cannot be safe. Mm -hmm. And money is about safety. Yeah. And when I look around me for other people, it's, it can be something very different. For other people, the, the premise is money is my freedom. Money is something that I can, that's the best way, <laughs> the yeah. best mm -hmm. Money is freedom. Uh, as soon as I have money, I can travel. I can tell my boss to go and stick it. I can live my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> nobody, yeah. nobody tells me what to do after that. Yeah. For other people, it's power. Right. I, I live in New York City and there's a lot of that around yeah. here. Uh, or status. And status yeah. is a bit different from power. Status is living in a certain on a certain zip code, not so much because you want to have power over other people, but because you feel important. And because the last one is self-worth as well. And I see this a lot, um, almost in the spiritual community, I'm going to call that that way, mm -hmm. is that for a lot of them, they have equated the lack of money with no recognition of their value or their self-worth. And um, they, they, they unfortunately go down together. <laughs> yeah. um... And this is where you have to cannot stop and ask yourself, what kind of projections, what kind of identity, what kind of um, uh, function am I giving to money? Am I see, why am I seeing money uh, as a savior? For example, for me, it's a savior. It's, it's my safety is if tomorrow, um, so for example, I'm going to give you my personal example. Maybe that, that explains as well. Um, for me, um, because I have this history and I have a family and a lot of people in my family history of having to leave their countries uh, for history reasons, mm -hmm. I tend to want everything to be highly liquid. So I don't like long-term investments. I cannot, I, I get hyped <laughs> thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's the husband who deals with that. That is, that is like, I, I trust you, you deal with that. I cannot. I deal with short-term investment. That is right up my alley. 
I need to be able to take the money to see physically how much it is. Um, that is my thing. Hey everyone, did you ever wish you had a friend who was constantly supporting your dreams to make more money, pursue your passions, or live a more relaxed lifestyle? Well, here we are. Success, financial freedom, balance, whatever you want to create in your life, you can have it, and we're sharing the tools to help you get there. That's right, because sometimes all it takes to achieve your goals is a tribe of people cheering you on, and we're here to do just that for you. Yes, we are. When you join our tribe, every week you'll receive powerful tools to help you achieve financial freedom, Create a better work-life balance and pursue your dreams. For only $5.55 a month, you'll receive access to affirmations, mantras, guided meditations, EFT tapping sessions, articles, and tip sheets that all specifically focus on money and abundance, work-life balance, and passion and success. That's a whole lot of stuff. It is. If you visit inthelifeofzen.com to subscribe and join our tribe today. For someone who um, feels that uh, money is about status or power, it's about going back to your essence. Is that, is that really how I want to be? Do I really want to be manipulating others and using money as, hey, if I give you money, then you will do this and this for me? Is that really how your soul wants to operate on earth? Mm -hmm. um, Self-worth is the most difficult one, I find, because it's it's really the one that shakes us to the core. It's it's the the utter denial of of our value as souls here on earth. Mm -hmm. And the way I work with people around that is some of them have kids. And my question to them is: does your kid mean less to you because they don't work, they don't have a job, they don't provide and produce? And the answer uh, is no. And when you don't have a kid, some people have pets. And the same question, does your cat, do you, do you go and yell at your cat, you're worthless because cats sleep 23 hours a day? No, you don't, I don't. <laughs> I love my cat, I would never do that. But that's the whole point is, is to go into all of these kind of identities, projections, um, these emotions that we have given to money that as as you said earlier, they are just projections. They come from society. They come from our uh, family beliefs as well. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they come from our own experiences with money and in life. Um, mm. If at some point we had to earn money and we feel disgusting, because sometimes we have to do these things, then we associated money, do that for a long time, and you associate money with something dirty. Right, um, yeah. Yeah. There is there's a lot of um, story story more than history I would say a lot of stories that we attach to money and that are not true at all. Money is is it's like apples, right? Yeah. You can you can you can do whatever you want with an apple. You can eat it raw. You can bake it. You can do apple cider. It's still an apple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what about the what about the safety one? Because I feel like that's really common. I'll leave my job when I have enough money. I, you yeah. know, if I don't, I, I can't leave my job because I'll end up on the street, whatever, fill in the blank. But I feel yeah. like that's a huge one for a lot of people. Yes, yes. And we get told that so often. And it's not even, I think, too, we forget that it's not just the stories we were raised with, but it's also everybody that surrounds us, right? Yeah. So it's the stories that we see. It's the stories we see on television through our friends and the books that we read all of that that all kind yeah. of you know plays a part in it yeah so what questions do we ask ourselves yeah. to kind of get rid of that 
Oh, absolutely. Limiting well, belief, if you will. <laughs> the, the, first, the first thing is that it's true. If you don't, <laughs> uh, there's no, no need to deny that if you don't have money, you, you're going to be pretty miserable on this earth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and even more so for us in, in Western countries where um, there's a lot of, we're, we're mostly lucky <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. to have foods. We don't, ha- we don't, we don't need shelters for most of us. And that's an immense privilege. And I think we need to honor that as well. But also we are very conscious that if we didn't have this money, we would be homeless. Yeah. And this is scary. And being homeless is, is literally the most perilous and hopeless state you can find yourself on this earth. So definitely it's, it's, it's absolutely granted that we need money for safety. Mm-hmm. The question is, what is enough for you? And this yeah. is very individual. Um, I worked with clients and I worked with, when I was an, on Wall Street, I worked with people who earned millions, like literally millions, but it was never enough for them. No. Never. <laughs> yeah. no. And and you look at them and you think, I, I, I don't understand. Do you need like these three Mac mansions in Connecticut and Florida and, and God knows where? Yep. No, you don't. You can you can live a perfectly happy life. So I would like for people to go and ask themselves, what is enough for me? But I want you to be really very conscious about the answers you're giving here because your enough is what feels good and aligned for you. Mm-hmm. Your enough could be for certain people to have $20 million, just, just an example, mm-hmm. because for them, um, they like to travel large, they like to live a large life, and they feel that's their enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For other people, their enough is to have a job where they wake up every morning, they're excited, most morning, not every morning is excited, but most morning we're excited. Um, you feel you are you're doing a job that energizes you more than it depletes you. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Do I really need to do uh, to tour, I don't know, Spain or for a month? Uh, and a super luxurious car. No, I'm I'm satisfied. And I'm happy with what I have right now. Mm-hmm. So go into what is enough and be rational about it as well. This is where it's less from the heart and it's more in the brain because we yeah. need our brain on board. Yeah. And have a serious discussion with yourself. As in, what are my risks? What are the rewards? What are the pros and cons? And what is what is good enough for me? And what what can sustain me? Because that's also what you need. You need, you need to ha- get into a relationship with money where there's less codependency and it, it's more a, a mutual nurturing type of... <laughs> yeah. Money is masculine and we're, we're women, right? Mm-hmm, right? So money is a, is, a, is, a, is a harsh companion sometimes <laughs> yeah, yeah. because we want to attach, right? We want it to save us, but it's not its job. Its job is... To, to feed our dreams. This job is to help us have a lifestyle that we want. That's it. Yeah. 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 So I wonder, you know, the thing I hear a lot from individuals is there's a certain level of guilt, whether it's because of how they were raised or a lot of times in maybe religious organizations or groups, you're told that, you know, it's the root of all evil, you shouldn't want. 
you know, you should have more than enough with the things you have in front of you. So I like that you say to really go internally because you want to know what's right for you and what feels happy, what, what kind of energizes you when you think about the things you want. And it is okay if it's big and lavish things. For individuals who have a hard time with that, though, because they do feel a level of guilt, what would you recommend to help them kind of feel a little more in control with what they want and with their money to hopefully kind of just build on that relationship? Yeah. The first question I I would ask is, whose voice is that? And very quickly, you will identify that it's the voice of somebody who who had authority over you when you were a kid. That's how we get conditions and programs. So it could be, we all heard, you know, the love of money is, is the mother or father of all sins and we shouldn't, we shouldn't ask for this and you should be happy with what you have and how dare you. So listen to that voice. Is that really the voice of your desires, your inner desires, which are your soul's desires? Was it a parent or a coach or a, a religious authority? that has been hammering this throughout your childhood into you. And then the question is, do you want to follow that voice? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to follow the voice of, almost I'm going to say that of reason, right? Because guilt, it has, has has a reason to be. Guilt is good when we mess up and the ego takes over the bad ego. <laughs> there is a good ego. There's a bad ego. And the bad ego takes over the pride. It's like, no, I'm, I'm not going to apologize. I'm, I'm better than that. And then our better than them. And then the guilt comes like, nah, it doesn't work like that, right? Just some humility here. But the other side of the guilt is when it becomes an instrument of control. And this is how societies have been controlling individuals, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to make you feel bad about wanting something nice. Um, it's also something very simple I find as well is when finance or anything that is money related become this kind of very esoteric thing, right? Like all of these words and nobody understands and it's only, only a specialist can touch money. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> no, it requires a bit of financial literacy, and this is part of, of gaining control. Um, but what, what it requires is really just aligning our desires, our goals with our financial goals as well, or with our finances, mm-hmm. having them work together. They, they, they shouldn't be separate at any point. It's mm-hmm. totally uh, transformation. We have been taught that transformation happens from pain. Right? No pain, no gain. Um, you need to have cancer in order to, to move job, right? But what if we decided at this point in our lives as a society, as a civilization, or as a level of consciousness, that actually we are here on earth to have fun, that we are here on earth to have pleasure, that we can eat as much chocolate as you can reasonably have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're only eating gateway after. You know. <laughs> exactly. You can, you can have all of these pleasures without feeling bad about it because that's, that's what we are here on earth to do as well. Mm-hmm. Animals have pleasure. I don't know you, you, if you have a cat or a dog, but mm-hmm. if you start playing with them, they don't feel guilty because I don't know, there is something on their to-do list that they haven't accomplished. They just go for it. <laughs> they got to get to work. 
Exactly. Uh, and, and I think transformation happens from pleasure as well. So what if instead of feeling guilty, understanding where this guilt is coming from, deciding whether we want this voice to be the controller of our lives or that, you know what, I'm, I, I'm not listening to this anymore, but I'm, I'm honoring money. I'm honoring as a resource. It doesn't mean that I'm going to go and, and spend it spend it all together in one day because, hey, somebody told me uh, manifestation or law of attraction is give and you receive tenfold. So let me go and, and, and you know, spend a thousand dollars on drinks and because 10,000 are going to come back. No, they will not. <laughs> <laughs> but law of attraction is, is, um, is one of those <laughs> as well that are, you know, you, you that are very individual, I'm going to say, but um, mainly to answer your question before I go into a tangent here <laughs> is uh, don't allow older voices, don't allow programmings to, to run your life and to write your life script. Um, sometimes you can do it by yourself because we're, we're adults and we have we all have a level of self-awareness. And when you see the pattern, you just need, okay, pattern interrupt, stop. Mm-hmm. define what is good what feels good for you define what makes you feel achieved or accomplished and you know what if you want to go and have this this lavish party where you know you you earn the money the way you want it from a place of integrity everybody is having fun you're having fun i think your soul would be quite pleased with you it's like they will be cheering up for you and your ancestors will be too because maybe the reason why you have been told all of these lies um, is, is something that has been programmed for so long as well and it become a, a generation kind of wound. Yeah. And by yeah. parting, you are healing generational wounds. And that's what we all are here to do. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's so good. You've given yeah, us so many so- good bits of information. If you had to just give our listeners three things to shift their shift their relationship with money just once and for all what would those three things be well number one is self-awareness is really feel feel your triggers around money when you see yourself going into guilt into shame um into envy all of these kind of emotions that are a bit murky and don't feel good stop for a second and ask yourself where it's coming from and generally uh, when it's envy it's a desire that is not satisfied do something about it when it's guilt older voices mm-hmm. when it's shame this has to stop yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second the second part is when you cannot do it by yourself seek help um it's we get stuck when we want to solve all these things at the same time but here yeah. is we all have a day job and we all have a probably a second job at home and our relationships uh, and in our friendships sometimes certain things need to be delegated so your finances if you are not someone who like me like when i when i start freaking out i delegate because I, and i have 15 years on wall street i worked in equities so mm. i know finance um no it doesn't work for me i delegate so delegate find people that you trust mm-hmm. financial literacy it's it's non-negotiable. Yes, <laughs> yes, hundred yeah. mm-hmm. percent. And once you have this a bit more control over your behavior, once you have a bit more trust that money is continuing will continue growing, 
somebody has your back because you're paying that person right, to have your back to get you on track. Right. Um, and, and once you know that you can trust them because you know what they're doing, but they're doing their stuff, then you can go into a place where money does not uh, is not the driver of all your decisions. It's part. Mm-hmm. But if you are at the point where you have the most exciting job on earth, um, like the change of career, it's super exciting, but it pays less and you're stuck into, I cannot leave this job, mm-hmm. then this is time for you to sit for a second and examine your priorities. It's very possible that you cannot because you need the finances. In that mm-hmm. case, make a plan to have enough so that when that new job new opportunity reappears, you are in a position of saying, heck yes. Yeah. And not going back into, oh, I cannot, you know, I don't have enough money and all right. of these things. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. good. So Maida, one question we like to ask all of our listeners is if you have either some kind of a mantra or an affirmation or something that you say to yourself on a regular basis. And if so, could you share that with us? Uh, yes. Um, it's something that I, I learned from Reiki. Um, and I don't remember the exact name uh, in Reiki, so I, I please, Reiki masters, forgive me. <laughs> um, but it starts by, um, t- for today, um, I will let go of anger. For today, I will let go of worry. For today, I will receive gracefully. For today, I will do my job honestly. And uh, for today, I will be kind to all. And once I go into that, I say that every morning when I wake up and then I do a little prayer, Mm -hmm. my little personal ritual, I set my brain into, um, I'm not going to worry about money today. I'm not going to worry about my job today. I'm not going to worry about my clients. I'm going to go into a place of centeredness where I, you know, the four agreements, I come from a place of being impeccable with my, with my word, Mm -hmm. where I am doing my best. And if every day I find myself at the end of the day doing 80% of what my, because I'm going to mess up. I mean, that's, that's, that's <laughs> but if I'm, I'm 80%, even if I'm 60%, it's, it's good enough for today. And tomorrow is a new day. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, so I love it. I love but it. If individuals great. want to work with you, if they want to find you, just get to know you a little bit more, where can they go? So there's my website, which is mydapogcoaching.com. And I'm also on Instagram, mydapog. And I'm also on LinkedIn, mydapog as well. Thank you for listening to the Where Money Meets Soul podcast. We hope you're feeling inspired to take control of your finances, create balance, and live your best life. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review. And if you know anyone else who would benefit from this content, spread the love by taking a snapshot of this podcast, sharing on social media, and tagging In the Life of Zen. And stay tuned for more from In the Life of Zen. Visit us at inthelifeofzen.com and follow us on social media at In the Life of Zen.